All right. It cannot be a car in Canada unless I talk to my favorite Vancouver. I don't know, James. Would it be Vancouverite? Vancouver yeah, right. I, I, can, I can take that. Yeah, that sounds cool. Is that what you guys call yourselves, James? Let me ask you something, dude. Was it was it was did it come across live as good as it did on TV? It seemed like the crowd was really into uh, this Saturday's uh, fight card. It seemed at least on TV that the crowd was really uh, excited for the event to be there in Vancouver. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, fans of Vancouver have something to cheer about. Our teams have been awful. Uh, you know, like our CFL team's not doing well, MLS team not doing well, the Canucks. You know, they're all in sorts of turmoil and everything. So, yeah, it was, it was honestly, yeah. it was great. Um, you know, especially those, uh, those VC guys, you know, Cole Smith, Tristan Connolly, uh, and then the main event. I mean, it was, it was popping in there. I, I've been to, I, the last UFC card I was in, in Vancouver was at UFC 115, and, uh, that was ages ago when Liddell fought Franklin, and this was a bigger reception, yeah. in my opinion. It was huge. Can we just talk about Tristan Connolly right off the bat? This yeah. This guy walks away with a hundred grand. He literally takes a fight against a guy who looks like a light heavyweight, Mikel Pereira, and I'm sure we'll talk about him in a minute. I was utterly disgusted by his antics. That said, he looks like a 155er. He goes in there. He weathers the storm a little bit. He's a local guy to Vancouver. What can you tell us about this guy, Tristan Conley? Honestly, James, in my opinion, he earned himself a contract. He did, yeah. He um, it, The coolest part about this night, I think I talked about this, maybe I haven't, I don't know if people saw, but I called Tristan's last fight. He fought for Rise FC, which is the promotion I do commentary for, so I got to see Tristan up close, two fights in a row for him, um, and, and, and you know, the fight he won was a really gritty, tough performance, a back-and-forth fight against a, a savvy veteran in Dewan Owens. Uh, Dewan Owens actually had a win uh, after, or before, prior to him fighting Tristan over Joe Gianetti, who was a uh, finalist on The Ultimate Fighter, so, uh, you know, really, really, really tough opposition. Um, you know, and uh, and it was one of those things where, um, you know, it, uh, it it was it was just a standout performance by Connolly. You know, he really uh, he really took care of business. Um, and and I think that, uh, you know, as far as leading into this fight, he was one of those guys who was ready for a UFC opportunity. He fought really tough competition uh, on the regional scene. No no easy fights, and uh, I think that really paid off for him in this matchup. And you know, having the game plan to to go the distance with a guy like Pereira and and not trying to go in there for just a lucky shot, I, I thought he did great. I thought it was the revelation of the night, honestly, James. And real quick, just give me your basic thoughts on Mikel Pereira. I was I was embarrassed for him this Saturday night. I really was. Yeah, I thought that he uh, – I, I kind of felt the same way. Like, I thought that he was just being disrespectful. Now, Tristan, I don't know if he was just saying this to be polite or whatever, kind of keep up the Canadian thing, but, you know, he misses weight. He's dancing around. He does a backflip on the way, and it's like, dude, you missed weight. Like, you, you shouldn't be acting. Like, I get that he's trying to be a showman, but, like, you missed weight. You shouldn't be doing any backflips. And then in the fight, like, you got to win. Like, I think I, I said this in another podcast. You know, I think Pereira was more concerned about putting on a show than he was about getting the victory, and it cost him in this fight. And this is a fight he should have won. I mean, Tristan could probably fight at 45, and Pereira could probably fight at 85. You know, it's crazy. So, um, you know, to me, it just... Uh, I mean, I'm glad Tristan won, and I think it was great. It was sort of a nice uh, feel st- feel good story of the card. I see Tristan's on Ariel's show today, which is so cool because Tristan's is, you know deserved this opportunity for such a long time. But yeah, I I, I didn't like it. I thought you know if you if you're going to showboat, you got to win, and if you don't win, then we're allowed to critique like this. Obviously, you were there live, James, but I don't know if you've heard Daniel Cormier's commentary during the fight, but it was spot on. Uh, he basically handed Michael uh, his backside and said. You know, that's all fine and well, but when I wish you had brought that same energy to cutting weight during the week. And yeah. he loses himself 50 grand for doing it. So, um, real quick, I wrote last week about Justin Gaethje. This is a guy now who Donald Cerrone and Edson Barboza have never been finished. He finishes them both, uh, first round knockouts twice in a row. 
knocks out James Vick. What do you make of Justin Gaethje? What's next for him? I wrote again that the only fight that makes sense for him right now is Conor McGregor. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. Makes sense ranking-wise, and obviously it'll be the biggest payday of his career. I don't think he wants it, though, and I, and I kind of agree with him to a certain degree because Connor sort of controls the narrative as far as who he wants to fight. So even Gaethje could call him out, but is Connor going to accept that fight? I, it's tough to say, and, and I think, I think the, what Gaethje was saying post-fight I think probably makes the most sense. I think he's earned himself a title shot, and I don't think he leaps rock Tony Ferguson. I think he fights the winner of that fight between Ferguson and, and, and Habib, and that it might be a while before that fight happens, but he's earned it. He's got two losses in the UFC, one to Poirier, one to Alvarez. He could potentially do the Poirier rematch, but uh, again, I think uh, you know he's he's done more than enough to earn a title shot. Just you know the way he's finishing his opponents, like finishing Cowboy in the first round, is a huge win. Uh, you know, considering that Cowboy leading up to that, I mean, he had that big win over Iaquinta. I know he lost to Ferguson, but I mean, Gaethje finished Cowboy better than Ferguson finished Ga- uh, Cowboy. So um, to me, I, I think I think if I'm him, I wait for the winner. But if Connor's on the table, yeah, of course you take that just because of the money fight. But I know for a fact Trevor Whitman and Gaethje don't seem to want that fight unless it actually comes to fruition, which I don't know if it does. I don't know. It's hard for me to make heads or tails of Gaethje. This is a guy in his post-fight press conference who says he didn't even really pick up striking until about five years ago. Isn't that incredible? I know. You're a guy who says, I didn't even know that I had this kind of power in my fists to do the things that he's doing right now. It's He's one of the most insane stories in the history of MMA. I mean that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, and and just like his his demeanor and everything, he told that crazy story this week. I don't know if you caught it in the media scrum of how he he pulled a man who who died out of a car wreck, thinking that he yeah. potentially could be saved. And when the paramedics came, he was just completely calm, like like nothing happened. And the paramedics actually thought he had a military background just because of how calm and you know being in an intense situation. But he's just got such a crazy mindset, um, like like in a good way, uh, where he's he's able to just you know flip a switch and you know uh, be be completely calm. Whereas other people, you know, they get really you know they're there's anxiety and other things attached to that. Do you think he'd sit around? You know, I guess if the title shot is definitely there, but we know how so, so many crazy things happen in MMA, James. Uh, Khabib and Tony Ferguson is not even booked yet. So we're talking at best Khabib and Tony fight in December. Let's say somebody gets knocked out, there's suspensions, there's injuries, there's all kinds of things. Do you think he's going to sit around until, say, March or April of next year? Uh, probably not, but, uh, then that's where the Poirier fight would kind of make sense at that point, or Connor. I mean, those are the only two fights. Like, there's no one else I see Gaethje wanting to fight at this point. I mean, Felder is, is lower in the rankings. Uh, you know, he already beat Barbosa. Like, who realistically is there? I think there's two fights, uh, or three, three fights, I guess, because the winner of Habib and, and Ferguson, but I think that's it. Cause, uh, you know, Gaethje's done, like I said, he's done more than enough. He's got two losses in the UFC. He's beat everyone else. He's finished everyone else. He's, he's, he's earned his right to get a title shot. Who's a tougher matchup for Khabib? Is it is it is it Tony or is it or is it is it Justin Gaethje? I go back and forth on this, James. Yeah, me too. I think it's interesting because you know Gaethje doesn't really use his wrestling, and that Khabib hasn't really faced like a true wrestler. But Gaethje, that's what he was known for before he got into MMA was his high level wrestling. So that could be interesting, just because you know Khabib has pretty much taken everyone down that he's fought. But with Ferguson, nobody fights like Ferguson in the UFC, and that that in itself could be interesting. Like Ferguson could do some wacky like. I don't know what, like some crazy backflip or something that could, could fuse could be because like, I don't even know how you prepare for a Tony Ferguson. So um, I think right now I'd slightly favor Ferguson, but again, Gaethje's got that knockout power. All it takes is one punch if he can get in, but Conor McGregor wasn't able to do it. Can Justin Gaethje, it's tough to say. How do you handicap a Conor McGregor versus Justin Gaethje fight? I see this as if Conor's right, this is the exact type of guy that Conor McGregor pieces up 
to be honest with you. And I, and I know that's a filthy casual thing to say, but no. you know, let's not forget that this guy is 10 and two in his last 12 fights. You know, at one point he was the, the best fighter on the planet, James. I think we forget that. Well, I think we also forget too that, uh, and I'm not disagreeing with you there, but, um, but, but that, you know, a lot of those opponents that McGregor fought were beaten mentally. And you're fighting a guy who I just alluded to has got, you know, some of the, the best mental toughness in that division. So Conor McGregor's antics are not going to phase Justin Gaethje. And, and if he can't do that, like, like, for example, like, you know, when he fought Alvarez, like Alvarez admitted he, he went in, he, he got a little overzealous and, and it cost him in the fight. I don't see Gaethje making those same mistakes. Now, saying that Conor McGregor can knock out anyone. No one had knocked out Jose Aldo like that. And I, Again, I know Aldo was sort of beaten before the fight uh, took place, but um, you know Connor's knocking out guys that are tough to knock out. Even Alvarez, you'd have to go all the way back to when he lost to Nick Thompson, who in Bodog, who was like a, a middleweight fighting him, like it was crazy. That the, the, that's the only other time uh, Alvarez had been knocked out. So um, yeah, McGregor knocks out people, and, and and they're usually never the same. So yeah, I think that's it, it's it's absolutely a competitive fight for sure. What's the percentage that you put on? the fact that Khabib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson will happen before the end of 2019, James? Oh, I, I put it at a low number. I, I don't know if, um, I mean, Khabib just fought in September. I, I think you're looking at early next year. I'd, I'd go maybe 10% just because it looks like, like they do need a, you know, I, I guess 245, They I guess they have Nunes and Durandamy, but I would imagine they're going to add another big fight on that one as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're going to look to next year. We haven't really heard much about what's going on next year, and I realize we're in September here, but uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, they might end up doing that Holloway and Volkanovski fight for 245, so we'll see what happens there. Sure, that's what I would imagine, too, or maybe somehow John Jones factors into it. Let me ask you this. We're kicking this around last night, James. Um, I see two people I, I, for Cowboy Cerrone. I, I'd like to at least get into what we see him doing, too. Um, I think a, rematch, a matchup with Dustin Poirier or Paul Felder sounds really interesting to me. Yes, I'd also throw in Edson Barbosa in that as well. Uh, Barbosa coming off a loss. They did fight uh, years ago back in 2014. I actually completely forgot about that. Uh, Cerrone finished them in the first round by submission. So um, I think those are the names that are out there. Now, I heard someone, at least in my live, live chat this morning on my podcast, someone said that Felder and Cerrone don't want to fight each other. But, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't want to fight. Uh, you know, Cerrone's only going to fight big names at this point, I would think, because uh, he's not you know, he's not going to fight like another Alex Hernandez, for example. Like I think he's, he's done more than enough to sort of earn that right of, of getting to fight sort of notable names. But... I think any of those matchups are good. I think Poirier is a little bit further ahead just because he fought for the title. But, uh, you know, at the same time, Poirier needs to get back on the winning track. And I think a, a fight against Cowboy is certainly winnable. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But I think there's the, that's the beauty of the lightweight division. There's so many good options for, for Cerrone that, uh, of who he can fight. One other thing I've been kicking around since the card on Saturday night, when are they going to stop sending these semi-interesting or semi-decent young prospects to Glover Teixeira? He seems to keep... Uh, he seems to keep upsetting the apple cart by beating these good young prospects, James, even at the advanced age of 39. Yeah, and, and I was saying that too this morning. Adam Martin, who's on my show, made a good suggestion that uh, why not Shogun Hua? I think that's a fresh matchup. Two notable names in that division. Oh, Shogun's coming off a win. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Like I think, I mean, I picked uh, Glover heading into this fight. I, I've never really been that impressed with Nikita Krilov, although I did think he looked better than I was expecting. I think there was a clear path to victory for Glover in the submission game if he got it to the ground. But you know, Krylov, uh, Krylov goes to the uh, the decision uh, for the very first time in his career. So um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think. I think at this point, I'd like to see uh, Glover fight sort of a, a veteran, um, you know, someone that has some some name value there. Even like an Anthony Smith would be a fun fight. Like, there's just a lot of options for Glover uh, going forward because he's he's still got it at his age. He's looking good. James, did Todd Duffy quit on Saturday night? 
It's tough to say. I think the tide was turning in Jeff Hughes's favor. However, I, I'm not one to, to say that someone, you know, you know, quit in a fight. I mean, I don't, I, 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 I'm not a doctor. I couldn't tell exactly what was going on there, um, as, as far as the eye poke, but it, it is interesting because the tide, I think, certainly was turning. Uh, it looked like Duffy was going to finish Hughes, and then Hughes sort of, you know, was uh, kind of getting his, uh, sort of turning the tide there a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, you know what? It's, it, it's not, it's not my place to really use the, the Q word, but I will say that I think the tide was turning in that fight. What did you make of his comments this week? I'm sure you were there for all the media scrums. Yeah. Um, he talks about how MMA media does not report on fighters' pay. Um, they don't build fighters up. I'm sure you have some interesting point of views on that. Uh, I, was, I found it interesting. I, I reached out to Todd after those comments, and I said, you know, Todd, if you want to talk about fighters' pay, I, I'm all ears. I'd love to write something, you know. Yeah. Uh, what did you make of those comments this week? Todd Duffy's been away for a couple of years. Um, hasn't fought for a long time due to injuries, and then he comes back and makes those comments. Well, a couple things. I have a bit of a different perspective because I actually interviewed Duffy before he even got signed to fight Jeff Hughes. It was a few months back, and actually setting that interview up, I mean, I had it all set up and everything, and uh, I had heard after he kind of admitted to me, he's like, you know, I didn't feel like doing the interview, and it was someone else at his gym at Extreme Couture who actually was like, look, you'll want to do this interview with James, like he's a good guy, whatever. So, And it, the interview ended up going really well. So um, I kind of have that like sort of understanding of like he's, he's not very warm to media, which, which I get, but I honestly think that he's confusing the fans on social media for journalists because he specifically said you know you guys write that a fighter sucks I don't know any publication that would let someone write that a fighter sucks now I will say that I do notice on Twitter every now and then certain journalists certain reporters certain people in the media uh, using sort of terms like that when they're describing fighters or kind of being a bit arrogant about fighters kind of making fun of them I don't like that stuff I mean you know certainly there's some things we can poke fun at and some fighters can you know have a good laugh about but like specific things about a fighter's skill set I don't I don't really like that so I think that's what he's getting it from is he's getting it from like you know, social media chatter as opposed to actual people writing stuff. And I will point out, too, it's not really our job to build fighters up. It's our job to cover the sport. Some of that stuff's good. Some of that stuff's bad. I mean, uh, you know, I, I I try and cover, you know, as, as much stuff as I can, but you have to be objective. And so, um, you know, I think people taking and then he was like, oh, you know, if you're taking it personally, then we must be talking about you. No, I think that there's people that do good work and he's sort of brushing a you know, a really broad brush uh, saying that, that they're all like that, because I think some people do have some good stories that they've written, but I honestly think at the end of the day, he's just confusing, um, yeah, fans for media. This is exactly what I talked about when I wrote a couple weeks ago about how you have certain websites that are just basically fan sites. And like you said, that's a great point. You know, I've been writing for three years. No editor would ever let you write something about a fighter like that. But when you have sites that pop up and there's no real regulations and it's just fans writing, they can say whatever they want. There's no real oversight. So. That was the gist of the article that I wrote a couple of weeks ago. So I'm, I'm glad you put it like that. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's, and it was a good article because I, I, I agree with you. I mean, we don't have to mention sites, but I mean, there's certain sites that just, you know, they're, because there's no like blueprint of how to get in this industry. So people kind of just, you know, they, they, a lot of people take the fan into the media and you can't do that. You have to be objective. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I see it all the time, but, you know, I, I don't think that's a representation of the, of the greater media, so to speak. I agree. What do you make of Uriah Hall at this point in his career, James? It's interesting. You know, he's, uh, I don't know if you saw the media scrum. First question I asked, he didn't really like. I, but I thought it was an interesting point. I said, you know, I think the big I topic here. 
did a great job. I was rooting for you when I was watching it. <laughs> and I, I don't take anything personally. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's, you know, media scrums, a lot of the, the questions and stuff are redundant, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, he didn't, didn't exactly like my question there. Uh, but, uh, no, I think, I think, I mean, first and foremost, I think the move to Fortis was, was a good move. I think, you know, anything that he could try and potentially pull as a fighter, not to say that he has, but, you know, they, they run a really tight ship there at Fortis. Uh, you know, safe is, is just one of those coaches that sets a really high standard for his fighters. And that's why you see them winning all the time. Like they're very, um, you know, in line. A lot of them, you know, you show up for practice, you do whatever. And, uh, Uriah Hall sort of described his relationship, uh, with Fortis as sort of like a dance partner, you know, like it just flowed well. Like he, he feels like this is the, the right place for him. And I think, I think it showed in this fight, you know, I didn't pick Uriah to win. I picked Antonio Carlos Jr. And I thought Hall, uh, you know, looked good everywhere on the ground, on the feet. I, I think everywhere he looked good in this fight. And, uh, you know, I think, um, I think it was, it was, you know, a lot of it had to do with him being at Fortis and, and, you know, making a splash there. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think at this point, I think uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, the problem is he probably should have made this move a couple years ago, but cause he's getting up there in age, but you never know in the middleweight division, a lot of guys are moving up. So there's been a, a bit of a window there for certain fighters to really make a run at the title. And my biggest pet peeve in MMA is when fighters get on the mic and call out guys, you know, 10 spots ahead of them. I just didn't understand the Israel Adesanya call out at the end. James. Yes, yes. I, I, I'm guessing he's thinking that uh, um, he, uh, you know, maybe wanted to get, you know, someone to write a headline about that and keep his name in the news. But uh, or he just has no idea of the landscape, um, you know, as far as the is he's even fighting for the title. I'm sure he knows that, but you never know. But uh, yeah, I mean, there could be some better call outs there. He actually in the media scrum mentioned a rematch with Brunson or I don't know if they fought before. I always forget. It's so tough to keep track of everything. But he did mention a potential Derek Brunson fight as well, which I think makes sense although i think brunson's a little bit further ahead but we'll see james real quick were you surprised to see that jimmy crew lost because i was pretty surprised that an undefeated guy lost like that um i've talked to a bunch of people since the card happened uh i sort of get a split kind of thing with him a lot of people say yeah i really like him a lot of people say i'm not so high on him i was pretty high on jimmy crew coming into this card so was I, and I was surprised to see Misha win this fight. And I, you know, I followed Misha's career, uh, for, for years, you know, dating back to when he fought for hard knocks on the regional scene. And, uh, you know, he needed this win. I mean, if he would have lost this fight, I think that would have been the end of Misha Serkinov in the UFC. And that's why the UFC is matching him against these prospects to get them over, like they did with Johnny Walker when he fought Misha. And same thing here with Jimmy Crute. And, uh, you know, Misha had some adversity in this fight. He had to come back in this one, and, and he did. And I think it, it's, uh, you know, it's good to see because like heavyweight, uh, you know, they, they need some bodies in that division to, to keep things going and you've seen you know some movement there as far as you know guys retiring or other guys just you know sort of making movement and, and all that but uh yeah i mean i think this is probably a good situation for jimmy crude he's young he's you know in his mid-20s i think he can learn from this come back um you know much stronger but uh that was a fight um you know i expected him to win and he didn't and uh you know misha lives to see another day in the ufc and i think him being at extreme couture has really uh really paid off and uh we didn't get to see it in the last fight because he fought johnny walker and he got finished but in this fight i think you know just him working on that ground game with guys like Vinny Magalesh, uh, you know, over there, I think has really, really helped him a lot. I just want to do some quick, quick hitters with you, James. Um, awesome. Is it, is it wrong of me to think that since uh, uh, Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens this weekend, that we're now starting 12 consecutive weeks, three months leading into UFC 245, where every single week will be fight week. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? 
It's a bad thing. They do too many cards. I've said this for so so long, and this isn't me complaining. I know there's people who are like, oh, it's your job. You're lucky to even cover this. Like, I get that. But I'm just saying in general that the quality of the product, you're not going to get. Like, can you imagine if they took, like, a couple fights off this Mexico City card and they put this on, like, another card? Like, they could make these really, really, really stacked cards. And instead, it's, you know, I'm looking. I just previewed this card this morning, the Mexico City card. I mean, there's there's a couple fighters in here. I have no idea who they are. You know, like. Yeah, and, and, and so, and, and that, and that's what I mean. And, and, you know, I think, you know, I miss the days when you would, there was anticipation for a big fight. Like, you, you don't really get that anymore. Can't, can't digest anything. Now we yeah. turn around. I apologize. My dog wants some air. Well, good. He's excited. I, I get it. You know, he's, he's, he's the one, he's one of the few people who's excited about this card, right? Loves Yair Rodriguez. You're right. But, I yeah. mean, you can't digest anything anymore. You know, by, yeah. by Thursday, we've already forgotten that Justin Gaethje is one of the best lightweights on the planet. And we're already on to, how much this card sucks or, or whatever. I just feel like 12 weeks is in a row. And, I mean, you look at the cards. I looked at them last night. There's nothing that really overwhelms you outside of the pay-per-views. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing really too, too great. Um, I'm curious. Uh, Korean Zombie, Chang Sung Jung, there was some, some real talk about him potentially being a title contender. And, honestly, in a division in the, in the featherweights where outside of Volkanovski, it's kind of wide open. Brian Ortega's lost. Uh, Jose Aldo's lost twice. Do you think if Yair Rodriguez wins this fight and now he's got two wins in a row over Korean Zombie and Jeremy Stevens that maybe that the uh, drum starts beating for him to be a serious title contender? It's possible, but they got to be careful because they tried that already when he fought Frankie Edgar, and that was a completely one-sided fight. And you know, let, let, and, the, and the zombie fight. I mean, let's be honest, he was losing that fight. I mean, if he didn't get that knockout, we'd be talking about Korean Zombie, uh, you know, coming off a big win there. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think, yeah, clearly the thing, the thing with Yair is he's so young. Like, I don't think there's a rush to get him to that point yet. Featherweight's still pretty deep. Uh, I, I think you can continue him on this path of fighting veterans like Jeremy Stevens and just seeing where it goes. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's uh, an urgency to do that just because. Because of you know the way he lost Edgar, I think that just showed he's not at that level yet. And you know he might be on Saturday, he might go out there and absolutely dismantle Jeremy Stevens. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm actually picking Stevens in this fight, but uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah. I mean there there could there could be something uh, you know there uh, you know because again he's so young that every fight he's getting better. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's a need to rush him in that division. Uh, Zabit Magomed Sharapov is off the Boston card. I know. I was so bummed when I saw that because I'm trying to go cover that card. So uh, yeah, oh, I, I'll I, see you there, man. I'll I know. We'll, we'll yeah, obviously we'll, we'll get we'll get a beer and, and everything else. So that'll, that'll be I, good. But yeah, I, I I mean to me there's 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 two names. Well, one name I think that makes sense for that replacement. I don't know if that's what you're going to ask me, but I think I, Josh Emmett. I can't I can't imagine James that they're going to take him off the card. It's just no, they they won't. Calvin's staying yeah. on that card. I think Josh Emmett is is the, is the move. I I don't know who else sure. really they could put there. Uh, I know Shane Burgos is without an, an, an opponent. But uh, I think in general, um, you know, uh, they, they've already fought. So and I know it was a few years ago, but I, I don't think we need to see that rematch now. I think Emmett, Emmett makes the most sense. Yeah, I mentioned Emmett. Uh, somebody threw out Jose Aldo to me the other day. I thought that was pretty interesting if Jose was actually in shape. I just I feel a little bit for Calvin because a win, if he could have gotten one over Zabit, really would have propelled his career. Yeah, so, um, I agree. We'll see what happens. I'm interested, too. Uh, we talked a little bit this uh, off air, James. Here's my line of thinking with Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman. If they were going to get the deal done, and I feel like the juice is already starting to get lost. Like, I feel like there's less momentum for this fight than there was last week, and it's only getting worse and worse. I don't know if you feel that, too. Yeah. That being said, why not just give it away on ESPN on December 7th from Washington, D.C.? Absolutely. And, and they should do this fight. Like, uh, this idea that, you know, I'm hearing Leon Edwards' name pop up here. Like, you, you have this, like, 
fans get invested, whether they, they a lot of MMA fans hate pro wrestling, but there's a lot of like good storylines that have made some of the best fights, like McGregor and Aldo, and you know, there's sure. there's so many other examples. Like there's an investment here in Kamaru Usman. I think there's no investment whatsoever in Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman. Nobody like unless you're a UK fan and you're a big Leon Edwards guy, like I don't think anyone's interested in this. And um, you know, I think that the, the fight to make is, is Colby and Usman. And I know Woodley wants to you know get his rematch, but you know the way he was dominated, I don't think he deserves a rematch. Like the, the fight to make is 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 absolutely Usman and Colby. They, they got to put two heads together. If it's money, you know, pony up. Do it on a free. I agree. Do it on a free card. I mean, they're not. Neither are pay per view draws at, at, all, at all. Especially Usman. Like he's he's done little to not. Like I was saying this the other day to someone. Like you know, Usman's been champion, but have you really heard much of him? Have you seen him do many interviews since he's been champion? Not really. And that's not good. I mean, it, it, people. Some people even still think Colby's the champion right now just because he's been True. carrying around the belt. So you, you got to self promote, and I think that it, it makes a lot more sense if they. Um, yeah, if they if they if they make this matchup happen because man if they because they already screwed it up with Woodley and, and Covington the first time with getting it to tomorrow they, they can't do it again and if they do they're just they they're sort of touch with the fan base would it have bothered you at all because there were some certain reports coming out about a week and a half ago Kamaru Usman was supposed to be a guest announcer in Abu Dhabi they stripped him of those duties would it have bothered you in the slightest if they had stripped Kamaru of the title and said you know what Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz you guys played ball with us here you go yeah, yeah, I don't. To me, to me, I, I don't have an issue just because he, he's got to fight. He's got to keep the division moving, and if he's healthy, um, you know, they, they they've got to they, they got to keep things going. And I think uh, you know, for Col- like the thing with Colby too that that we got to mention is that you know he took that fight against Robbie Lawler when he didn't really have to. He kind of bailed out the UFC to, to headline the Newark card, so uh, that should be factored into his pay and everything else too. And it just seems like they're not. They're just like we're going to give you this. You, you don't draw numbers, and and they're just playing real hardball. But they they got to get this together because it's so rare that you have fans so invested in someone in Colby and a lot of it's people hating him but that's still people want to see him get his ass kicked if that's the case so you, you, you need to have that investment with, uh, with, with fights I say give it away on December 7th like you said neither one of them are going to draw a penny on pay-per-view anyway especially Usman give it away showcase these guys on a free card that anybody can see give Colby the mic for a couple weeks leading up to it the people who don't know him will hate him enough um, yeah I think it's perfect which of course means James that we probably won't get it right Right, um, exactly. One more question on UFC uh, 244, which is in Madison Square Garden. There's a lot of chat about the BMF belt. I, I don't understand it, James. I really don't. I'm glad we're getting Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal in the main event. I've written this. I've asked this question to everybody lately. Why not just open up the 165-pound division and give these guys the first go at the title? I agree. I think I think it makes a lot of sense here, but I think that the issue is is that if they go and do that, then they got to change all the other weight classes, and I could see that being a bit of a headache. And it might be too soon to to try and do all that because you'd have to move. I would think 170 up to 175, and and, and and you know so on. And I think there's probably a lot of logistics involved in that. But uh, but no, I agree. Like yeah, this is the perfect opportunity in this. Um, it's just it's making a laughing stock of the belts to be honest. Like this whole you know BMF thing. Like I don't care about that. I've never cared about titles. Like I <laughs> I remember when they made uh, Holloway and Pet for the interim title because they wanted to have a title fight for the Toronto card and to me it didn't make a difference they could have been fighting for nothing like to me it's 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 all about the fights and I I think they got to get off this idea that it has to be for a belt uh when it comes to pay-per-views because there's some really good matchups to be made I'll get let you off on this James um I've been expecting to hear something on the John Jones front about his next opponent um I don't think the winner of Chris Reidman and uh, Dominic Reyes will be ready, nor would it really move the needle. Uh, John Blakovich is fighting Jacare Souza now on the Brazil card. Uh, Johnny Walker's not ready. Corey Anderson does nothing for me. 
who's John Jones going to fight next? Yeah, that that is the big question. I I think um you know it sounds like Jones doesn't want to go to heavyweight. So and, and maybe he does. I mean, I just kind of what what I the last time I remember even hearing anything from him was uh, during the UFC 239 card, and it seemed like heavyweight was something uh you know that he doesn't want to do because because my theory is that Jones wants to finish his contract at late heavyweight and just take out whoever he wants to take out, and then he can re-sign for for more money. That's that's what I think is happening. Um, so that's why I think he's just rushing to to get whoever. But I think unfortunately, and you know, I've, we've talked about Johnny Walker before. I don't think he's ready but if walkers you know goes out there and finishes Corey anderson i think he's he's going to get the next shot because there's there's fans who think that he can beat john jones there's fans that like what he does even though they're ignoring the level of competition but uh, i i think i think walker's the guy if he goes out there and finishes anderson now if anderson wins that makes things interesting although anderson you're right there's no buzz with him i mean he even tried to get in jones's face at that press thing and there's been no nobody's talking about that at all like it's just Nobody it just cares. sort of flew under the ra- exactly yeah so Dana White um, throws that water on it too when he always talks about Corey anderson not taking fights fans see that and go you know what you can do all you want with jones at a press conference but if you don't take fights we don't care yeah exactly exactly so um so yeah we'll 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 sort of see what happens there but i think he threw that tweet out about the big announcement as sort of pressure on the ufc to make something happen i don't think there was ever anything in mind as far as a a next opponent so uh we'll see i think some interesting stuff's happening with john jones as far as his worth in the ufc you know who doesn't have a dance partner at heavyweight who just has no fight that makes sense right now is francis Ngannou. And if That's somehow, some way, James, they could get Francis Ngannou and John Jones together, that would do monster business. Well, I'll tell you another name at light heavyweight as well, or sorry, at heavyweight that would make sense who just decided he's coming back, and that's Rumble Johnson. I mean, that sure. would be a huge fight too. Uh, he's got to go through USADA and everything else, but, um, you know, I, I think, I think Joe, there's just so many more interesting matchups for Jones at heavyweight right now than there is at light heavyweight, so I would like to see Jones move up. I mean, he beat Thiago Santos. I know it was a close fight, but he's pretty much beat everyone in that division, uh, and, and, you know, and then this would lead Wade for the sort of the new blood to come through and potentially win a title like a Johnny Walker, like Anthony Smith maybe getting another shot, like, you know, all these other guys so um so yeah i think i think jones I, i'd be more than happy to see jones go up to light heavyweight and i guess dc is still out there too right but i mean it, it didn't seem that dc was too interested in another jones fight especially with him losing the title yeah i can't imagine dc goes out like this i just still feel like we'll see that uh steep a fight one more time i, I agree really and if he loses hey he goes home you know he leaves at 41 years old is one of the greatest of all times and if he wins you know you can you can do that jones fight anytime anywhere nobody will care so uh, interesting, interesting stuff. I'm surprised they wouldn't have Jones fight before the end of the year. I don't know how important it is. Last or or year, not on New York. Year, yeah, get it on the New York card. I don't know why they didn't do that. Sure. Last year they moved to California just to have Jones fight one more one more time before the end of the year to make their, you know, the end of the year numbers. But that may not be as important now with the ESPN deal. So, um, Good point. James, I hope I catch you in Boston, brother. Um, yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Things are looking good though, because uh, again, they're going to they're going to Australia for the pay per view. Normally, I go to all the pay per views, but they're going to Australia. So, and you know, the ad revenue on the channel's been good. So, I, I, I'm going to pull some strings because I I've never been to Boston. I'd love to go. I might catch a Bruins game while I'm there, um, and, and everything else. So, it would it would be good, man. It'd be great to finally meet you too. Uh, that's one of the best parts of covering the sport is getting to meet all the the cool people uh, that are involved. Well, I, I expect by that time they'll be so deep into the Stanley Cup hangover. <laughs> uh, well, loss anyway. So, yeah. uh, if you don't have the score app, you should download. Honestly, James, I got to be honest with you. I downloaded it the day you moved over, and now I'm I'm getting all my sports stuff from there. I love that. That's app. awesome. It's good to hear. Uh, I'll mention. I'll s- send that note to my bosses. They'll love that. One of the best guys in the game. I appreciate it, brother. I know you got to run. Thanks for giving me 30 minutes of your time, man. Any anytime, man. Always enjoy coming on here. You message me whenever you want. I'll come on. Always appreciate it. And uh, have a good day, man. Thanks again. Thanks, buddy. All right. Cheers.